Hey, it's Melissa Rivers, and welcome to Group Text. Stay tuned for a new episode. Welcome to Group Text. Sabrina and I are super excited. I know I always say that, but I mean it this time. And I wore uh, my slip today, so I'm super excited. Yes, yes. She Joining, won't know what that means. She uh, won't know. I don't know. You know what? Stop it already. We are welcoming to continue our conversation about the state of comedy, Dion Cole. Hi. Hello, beautiful. How are you? Well, beautiful. better now that you just called beautiful. me that. Yes. How's everybody? Good. Lovely. How are you doing? Uh, I can't complain. You know, just trying to stay out of everybody's way, man. That's it, man. It's all you can do. Okay. We've been talking a lot about comedy lately, and I've sort of been spending some time thinking mm-hmm. and uh, also speaking to a lot of different people in the comedy business. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom's passing was this past September. Mm-hmm. And everyone's always asking me, what would Joan say? You know, we, Sabrina and I always joke, WWJS, what would Joan say? I actually have a necklace that says that, um, <laughs> oh, which really freaks people out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and about sort of the state of the world and the state of comedy and that we're not allowed to laugh anymore. And when I was, I was looking stuff up about you, you had two Emmy nominations as a writer, mm-hmm. two NAACP and two SAG awards as an actor. Mm-hmm. And you have a standup special on Netflix. What are you, what do you consider yourself first and foremost? Man, uh, I consider myself a comedian. First. I definitely do that. Yes, before anything. I learned that from Chris Rock. Chris Rock said, you are a comic before you're anything else, before you're Black, before you're an American, before you're a father, because that dictates how you become those things. If you consider yourself a comic first, which also makes you different and makes you think differently about how you raise your kids and how you deal with subjects and how you deal in your every day. Really? I have no idea what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> when I started doing it though, it just started changing up. I was just like, man, like, like it, it did. Like I just felt like a comic with everything. And I don't know, it just, it just feels better. But that's what, that's what I consider myself, man. I'm like, yeah, that's what it is, you know? And wouldn't that sort of also tip over into being a writer? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you start with, you start with the basis with everything. You're, you're, you're a comedian. And then you become like a writer. Or some people are writers first and then become comedians, but uh, it's still in a, in a comic world or whatever. But yeah, I mean, me being a comic, everything else has happened because of that. So I embrace that. I remember back in like the, the 90s and 80s and stuff, when comedians used to like make it and do movies and stuff, they'll be like, I'm done with comedy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. No, my by the way, my mom loved stand-up till the day she died because And that's why she was amazing. Yeah. Like she's the greatest because she stayed doing stand-up regardless. And that's how you do it. You know what I mean? Like you you never give up on what got you there. But also it's a it's you know, we should always talk about it. it's a conversation with the audience. Absolutely. And I think that's why a lot of comedians are struggling right now because you can't have that conversation. 
with the audience and that sort of weird comic thing that y'all do. And I say that with all love in my heart (laughs) becomes very tense and and you don't have that outlet of the conversation. Are you finding that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's sex, man. That's what it does. <laughs> it's sex. And right now we're just masturbating right now. <laughs> well, listen, can we think about finding you at a drive-in near you? You know, like, are you going to do stand-up I'm, on that way? What was happening? I'm not going to say no to that. But right now, I'm just like, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to not masturbate <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to just i'm trying to hold it out and just go okay i'm going to just stop our material and wait it out until it's like semi right or almost right but doing a room half full half space style everybody with mask on you can't see if they're smiling if they're laughing or not you're far away you're waiting on people like it's i it just seems like it's a mess. Even though people said they've been doing, having great shows and stuff, I just, I'm, I'm, my timing is different. You but also, I mean, and it's true, being a performer, you wait for, it's like my mom said, you know, you wait for that reaction. You wait yeah. you where you are, and it's a different energy. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a way different energy. And like I said, I'm kind of slow paced. Uh, I'm more of an observant type of comic. So pace is everything to me. And I think that if I don't have it, then I'm not going to be able to deliver right. And I think I'm going to spend more time talking about how I'm not delivering right than dealing with the jokes at hand. You know what I mean? So it's it's something that I keep visualizing. A friend asked, my friend Damon hit me today and was like, hey, man, you want to do a show? And I was like, man, I've been on stage since February. I was like, I don't need, I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to need a month of just prepping and, and 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 before I even hit a stage because I'm I'm lost right now and and I'm almost afraid like a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe tried her did her material every week mm-hmm. in New York before yeah. she actually went out and like did an actual tour date. And yeah. so we were like, what would that all mean to her right now? Because she wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, she worked in a little club in New York, as uh, by the way, which a lot of comedians do. And people are like, oh, my God, I was at so-and-so. And Chris Rock jumped yeah. on the stage. Because people don't understand that to get the material that you see in the specials or at the big tour dates, you got a lot of working out to do. Got a lot of working out to do. A lot. <laughs> I mean, people, people look at the specials and everything and they go, man, that's so amazing. But they, they have no idea of all the, all the lonely nights driving home with no radio on. Because <laughs> <laughs> you did a set and nothing worked. And nothing worked and you're like, None, it, it takes, and it takes a year, if not slightly more, to get an hour special, oh, a strong material. Man. Now, one of the things that Joan would do is she would record and make sure that she played back so she could see what was strong, Absolutely. you know, like what was the audience reaction? I mean, so we have tons of audio for basically all of Joan's performances. Ah, yeah, that's exactly what I do. I, absolutely. Like I, I, I record all of my material and then I, man, I, I uh, look at it and, and see how I can do differently. And that's what's going to happen when I get back on the road. Uh, I do audio and I do video. 
And sometimes I do either or. But that's what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to go back. I'm going to have to look at or listen to the material that I did in February and try to memorize it again and try yeah. to get it on, on top of all the material that I've written since the pandemic that I haven't even tried out. Right. Well, and that's what I want to ask you about, because I feel like, um, and some people have argued with me um, mm. and, and have been had like Bob Saget had a much more optimistic view of the world and the state of comedy than I did. Mm. Um, and that's why I love Bob is he, he, he's very positive. Unlike me, who's like half <laughs> under the desk and the sky is falling every day. Right. I feel like we're not allowed to laugh anymore. We are, we can laugh with our friends, we can laugh in small groups, but we're not allowed to laugh. And if we laugh, it better not be at anything edgy. Yes, absolutely. We are, <clears throat> and this was going on before the pandemic. Right. The whole that, cancel culture crazy. Oh, that whole, oh my God, they are, man, I, I don't I don't get it. I'm so removed from this world that, like I'm, I'm lost when it comes to things, man. Like, because that isn't how I grew up, I mean, a comedy club was a, like a sanctuary where you can talk about what's on your mind. Like it was like, that's where it is. And depending on the comic, you pick whatever comic that you'd like to go see because that comic spoke to you in a way that you got his material, you got what he does. Now, for people to come see that comic and then cancel out the comic that they came to see, it's, 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 it's kind of crazy to me. It's almost like, people that don't like you that follow you online. Like, it's like, why are you even on my page if you don't like me? Like, I don't, I don't this, that whole generation is like mind boggling to me, you know, but here we are and what do you do? So you have to be more, you have to write even more, you have to put more thought into it. You got to make sure nobody's feelings are being hurt. You got to make sure that you're saying the right words and you got to. And sometimes when I do that, the joke ain't even funny no more. Well, I was going to say, and it stifles creativity. <laughs> yeah. I just, and then I throw the joke away. Right. And I'll be like, you know what? Um, it's, it's, I'm, 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 I'm thinking too much. I'm doing too much. It ain't even funny. No more. You're second guessing yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You second guess yourself instead of just letting it be what it is. Because, I mean, if you don't like something, then you just don't like it. You don't have to cancel the person because they said something you don't like. If you don't like Twix, don't, don't eat Twix. Right. <laughs> don't buy them, right? Yeah. Don't buy them. yeah. You know, it's the old red vine Twizzler argument. <laughs> Exactly. Like, if you don't like it, don't buy it. Like, I don't know why you have to write a letter to Twizzler and tell them how much you hate the corn syrup that they use in the <laughs> that they make. Yeah, like, and that red vines are better. Because, yeah, red, vines, red, vines and, because better. red vines, when you go to the movies, you can stick them in your drink yeah, and you use it as a straw. You can drink out of them, right? But you can't do that with with a and I like, but Twizzlers have a time and place, as far as I'm concerned. There it I'm is. A, I'm a both. I got a foot in both right. camps. But you didn't write them, did you? Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 You know, my mother, like like so many comics, really walked a, an a a, a, a tightrope. Yeah. You know, and most comics do know where the line is, mm -hmm. and will, as my mother would often do, say. Oops, went too far, but she'll still leave the line in and follow it up with that. 
Um, and I think, you know, la laughter is such a great equalizer as well as a great healer. I mean, my mom, my mom used to make Holocaust jokes. <laughs> you know, my father had no family because of the Holocaust. I am, I am like one of like six living relatives because of the Holocaust. And my mom, she used to take a lot of, lot. She had a great Heidi Klum joke that she got in a lot of trouble for about the Holocaust. I, I mean, I'm not probably remembering it correctly, but it was something along the lines: she's the hot, she's the hottest person in Germany next to the ones in the next standing by the ovens. It was something like that. Okay. And I mean, Sabrina, remember that? I she do. She <laughs> got so much shit, but it's funny. It's so, so funny. It's so funny. Mm -hmm. That would have been you, one of those I threw away. I would have. <laughs> well, she well, did. Joe would, well, look, Joan was that's one of the beauty of Joan. She you know, was one of the first ones to do comedy after 9 11. You know, she did that whole thing about Mrs. Schwartz. Harry died. And then, you know, she gets to check Mrs. Schwartz. Harry's alive. No! Ah! I won't leave my penthouse. You can't make me leave my penthouse. Close to Rhea, that's like one of our all-time favorites. <laughs> you can't make me leave my penthouse. You can't she used make to be me like, leave. Because she used to be like, not everyone of all the people that died, they weren't all happily married. There were some that weren't so happy. <laughs> And then she would say, she would say, is it too soon? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yo, the best, yo. And, but, but at that time, even though that was edgy still for that time, she still, she just, and that was the thing that she put in everybody. She was just fearless. But you, a lot of people tried to be fearless and messed, really messed up. You know? one, of, <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite things was uh, Chris Rock talking about, right after they opened the Freedom Tower, about trying to get corporate sponsorship for it. You know, they, so they put the name or the logo and he had a whole thing about that they shouldn't go to Target. <laughs> Because and it was on Saturday Night Live, and you literally heard the room go. <laughs> I fell out of bed. But we're a different brand of people, Melissa. We, yeah, you and I are different. Why? Why? Then I guess this brings me to my question. It's like suddenly everything is off limits. Yeah. Everything is off limits, and the only person in the world that can say anything, even remotely confident controversial and get away with it it's like he is so far above everybody that he just gets a pass one of my favorites dave chappelle and i think he's he's he set he stuck with his guns and he did it regardless of who said what and he kept doing it just like his last special people was calling it garbage and saying he was rude and he was this and he was that and they put it all in newspapers and articles and all of that and he still won an Emmy. It's like, it like at the while, somebody has to break the mold. And that's what he's doing. He's going, this is stand up, deal with it, or don't. And that's just what it is. And, and, and we all are trying to take a page out of his book. Slowly but surely, we are doing that. And we're going, hey, this is our world. If you don't want to be here, don't be here, but this is what we gonna talk about. Right. And I mean, man, I mean, man, you gotta give it up to that brother for knocking the hinges off and still doing him. By the way. Absolutely.
I, I, I know, you know, my mother watched some of the Chappelle show. She saw some of his stand-up. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. The one she actually thought was the most brilliant was is uh, Chris Rock, which is a whole separate thing. It's from yes. she downed it. I mean, from day one. Yeah. I think you know she was a Chappelle fan. She never saw his last couple stand-ups. Right. But I think he's starting to establish himself um, in the groundbreaking sort of milieu where you're going to be using names like Lenny Bruce, Richard Pryor, Joan Absolutely. Rivers. These Absolutely. people, and I mean, Lenny Bruce would be arrested all the time. Absolutely. For going so far out there. is. Do you think anyone else anytime soon will be able to get away with it or will, be they, or will they be slapped down? I think everybody will. As long as Dave keeps doing what he's doing, it's going to open the door because people are going to look at it like, man, if he can do it, I can do it. I feel that way. I feel like that too. Like I've, 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 I haven't been as, as cautious as I would have been because of his specials. You know, I look at this special, like his last special, I was like, man, psh, I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm about to be honest with what I got to say. Like, I, like I, I can do that. You know, you, it's still going to be thought into it, but I don't have to think as much as I was thinking. We're to the point where I was throwing away amazing jokes. So, so it, it's, it's going to inspire so many other people. And I, and I think it has, you know, and I think, you know, unfortunately the pandemic hit after, you know, everybody's special hit. So you really can see the impact of how his special did to people. You know what I mean? As far as like writing material and what people had to say after that. But uh, yeah, it's going to be plenty of people that's going to come up and I'm going to be one of them. Was well, something you just said really just sort of, in, uh, enlightened me when I, I thought about because I always think about it as comedy being based in honesty. Yes. And honest experiences. The question is, is you know, people don't want to be honest. People don't want to look in the mirror. People don't want to, you know, we all know the world is upside down and on fire. And, you know, and I'm come from, you know, I, so I, in, to put in context, my mother had passed away and I was by myself in the room. Everyone had left and given me a moment. I've told this story before mm -hmm. and I'm standing there and I'm crying and I'm just alone or I think I'm alone and I start to laugh. And all of a sudden I realized that one of the nurses was still in the room with me and you could see she was just horrified. And she's like, are you okay? I said, yes, I'm just thinking about the fact that my dad is having a really bad day. She's here? What? <laughs> He's no longer resting in peace. <laughs> Shit, she's here. I've had almost 30 years of quiet. <laughs> I've read some books. <laughs> and that's how my family deals with pain. Yeah. Uh, you yes. know, that's, that's, you know, I admit I am not a well human. I admit so I'm very maladjusted, <laughs> but that's my coping skill. That's funny. I think people are not ready to look at themselves. I just had a conversation last night and I was sitting, I was telling a friend, I was like, I don't think people want truth anymore. No. Like they, they don't. It's, it's better to not have truth than to have truth because truth comes with pain. And it comes with change. Sure. And that's what people don't want.
-hmm. People are used to what they're used to and they want it. Mm -hmm. How about if you liked, how about if you like Ben and Jerry ice cream? And let's be specific, uh, 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 peanut, um, um, pecan. You like pecan ice cream. And I tell you, you shouldn't eat that because it causes cancer. So you'll be like this. Oh, I don't want to hear that shit. Like, right. You will want your ice cream. Like you would be, you would be furious with me because I told you that. Even though I'm telling you something for your good, you don't want to hear that shit. Mm -hmm. And a lot and a lot of people are like that. It's like they don't want to hear the truth. Like they want to. Like that whole thing, like even with our president, he's putting it in people where fake news and it's like, Ugh. how can, how can, how can all news be fake news? Like it's either, it's either it's all fake or it's not. You can't pick and choose whatever they say good about you. That's, that's, that's positive news. Have you but been then, living, have you been living in our country the last four years? <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy. it's crazy. It's crazy. He puts all that in people. He puts right. in the people that that truth doesn't matter, and they're looking at him. He as long as he lies, people go fine. Like it's it's man. And if you tell the truth nowadays about something, you can be you can be fired, kicked out, and all of that. That goes like even with women who like with the whole like R. Kelly thing. Can you imagine the first woman who said? something happened to her, people was like, get out of here, and, and fired her, and all of that. And then it took 16 other people to come out before they was like, oh. Small number. <laughs> it's small I don't know. number, right. I think but they should have been, wait, but they should have been tipped off that he would hang out outside the high school. <laughs> that should have been. Ding, 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 ding. Right. Yeah, yeah. You should not be cruising the high school <laughs> after you're a freshman in college. Right, right. Let alone right. a grown man. Right, it's, it's, it's crazy. So it's like, you don't, they, people don't want to hear the truth until enough truth is being said, then it's, oh, let me look into this. But right. the first truth, You'll, 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 you'll be fired, thrown in fire, chopped up, all of that. Well, that's what they, I remember you were saying that like with the whole R. Kelly thing, I remember they were like, well, what was she doing there that time of night? She's fast, her skirt was too short, Yeah. her boobies were out, you know, that kind of crazy. But you know, the one thing I was thinking about, you know, you're on such a popular show, Blackish, and I feel like, you guys have done a really good job in addressing some of the stereotypes mm -hmm. and just addressing issues that black people deal with. Well, and my beloved Tracy, who is one of the loveliest human beings I have yeah. ever had the privilege of knowing. He's great, yes. Yeah, right, Tracy. absolutely. So I'm wondering now, is there gonna be a heightened sensitivity in how you guys even address you know, certain issues that come up that you feel like need to be addressed. That's what you guys have already always done in the past. How do you think you guys are gonna be affected in this new normal? Is it chaos in the writer's room? Sacrificing funny for correct? <laughs> sensitivity and all that. I believe, I, I'm not in the writer's room, but I believe all of that is going on 100,000%. And the episodes that we've shot already and we're shooting now, 
and uh, they are dealing with everything that's going on in the world right now. Like we're dealing with that on an everyday basis with each show, um, bringing our humor to it and bringing the insight that we have on everything and and, and uh, taking these uh, uh, stories we have from other people as well as ourselves and applying them into episodes and hopefully everybody love it like they have, you know, everybody know the formula, how we go about it and nothing has changed basically except for, you know, the, the material that we have. So yeah, we, we, we have some great episodes coming up. Definitely. Looking forward to it. Yeah, Man, you're, you're, Thank that you. writer's room must be chaos and that poor showrunner. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Okay. So, okay. Dion, you have to explain this because, you know, I always have Melissa's back and I try to keep her, current and she was like i am current i'm just not in i mean i am sabrina i am current just not necessarily in certain ways that you feel you need to enlighten me i could tell you everything that's going on in the premier lacrosse league okay all right well good for you i can tell you um, all everything that's going on in the lacrosse world okay but wait okay so tell her yes dion my son plays lacrosse i'm a sports mom okay (laughs) but but wait in all fairness poor cooper has played several other sports not just the whitest sport lacrosse but wait but he also basketball baseball football but i will tell you something i am very proud of and his school his high school is very proud of we had the most <laughs> racially diverse team in California. Yes, if they not did. nationally. Really? If they not did. nationally, yes. Yes. yes, they did. Man. Yes, I they did. And by the way, and then aside, then I'm going to want to get to Sabrina's uh, question. So, Eris Brown, Jim Brown. Yes, I was just getting ready to say uh-huh. that. Played on Cooper's high school team. Love Eris, uh-huh. love the parents, love the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And we had a very bad incident where. Mm-hmm. Um, another team was really um, racist and horrible. We also had a young man that lived with me who was Native American, who was, we always joke I had an exchange student where people don't, they were like, where's he from? I'm like, Canada. (laughs) (laughs) But it was, you know, bringing in the Native American, the whole thing. So we had this horrible game, horrible game. And it, it got very out of control and the parents and the whole thing. And so um, our coach went to Eris and said, Eris, how did that make you feel? He was bad. So, you know, it, it, the kids were more upset that they were disrespecting them as a team rather than the individual mm-hmm. players. And I remember sitting in the parent meeting going, I just love the fact that those people are so ignorant on every level and they picked the wrong fucking kid. They picked Jim Brown's son. Really? You are so fucked for what you guys just And did. let me just say, as old as Jim is, he's still gangster. Still gangster, y'all. He has reach. He has, he has reach. Re- I'm like, do they not realize, like, of all the multicultural kids on our team, they went after the one whose parents can oh, yeah. really fuck with you. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally, totally. Jim so, that dude. He's that, oh. dude. he's that dude. So, okay. And okay, Melissa, go ahead and ask your question. Go ahead. So Sabrina was making fun of me because you were talking about hashtag 30 summers left. And so I did some math, <laughs> you know, okay. 
saying, why are you only planning to live to 78? Is there something going to happen at 79? So I tried to explain like, it to her. I tried to oh, explain listen, it to her. Listen, <laughs> I had to clear this. I had to clear this up with Shaq too. Shaq was like, "Okay, Sabrina, quit, quit say saying Shaq that shit." By the way, Sabrina, thank you. Shaq and I didn't quite understand. I'm quite, but wait, he's 48. No, it was in? never that. Oh, is he planning was... on dying before 79? I'm a little. No. <laughs> No, I was not planning my funeral <laughs> at 78, no. I merely was saying, even in my, it was a joke that I had in my Netflix comedy special where I was saying that you only have 30 summers left to be as mobile as you possibly can to do whatever you want to do. Not saying I'm dying, saying that I got 30 summers where I can run, jump i could fuck outside without I assistance could, without <laughs> without assistance of a medical aid without having Helping a an oxygen tank uh, <laughs> <laughs> mr <laughs> cole it's, whatever mr. whatever it is mr cole it's time for your meds <laughs> <laughs> get out that tree mr cole like, <laughs> i have 30 summers left to do whatever i want to do whenever I want to do it. And that's what the whole thing was. It wasn't like, man, I'm, I'm gonna be dying in 30 <laughs> And I got that, and I got that from Jennifer Lewis. Really? One day, one day we were on set shooting Blackish, and Jennifer is, I, I, I love She her. is a, every time she, she calls for Black Jesus, I hit the floor. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> That ain't that what she do behind that camera, girl. Yo, she is a mess. And so one day she said some ignorant shit to me, and I was like, "This? Why are you always talking like that?" And she was like, "You." She was like, "You can handle it, motherfucker. You can handle it." And I was like, "I was like, you so disrespectful." I was like, "Shut your ass up." She was like, "This. You would not cuss at me and disrespect me and my fifteen summers." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> She said, I got 15 summers left and you damn sure ain't gonna disrespect them. And I was like, I just started dying laughing. I was like, what do you mean you got 15 summers? And she explained it to she me. She broke it down. And I said, yo, I have to put that in my stand-up special. And she was like, I don't care, go ahead. And, and, and I even referenced her in the special. I told everybody. I got it from Jennifer, but yeah, she was the first person I heard say that, and I was on the floor, man. <laughs> she is, she is unique. I mean, oh my God, yeah, we'll have okay. you in stitches. She my is. mother, which people don't know, for as intelligent and all those things that her and and thought provoking as her comedy was in real life, her comedy was she was things that made her laugh were really silly. She used mm -hmm. to pull like these incredible pranks on her friends the <laughs> sillier the better so yeah. uh, your instagram videos <laughs> are hilarious <laughs> hilarious when you, I mean, you did say with an like look at that autumn and like where <laughs> 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 but that's like the silly shit that we all yeah, love right, and right. 
your hook, which is where does she go to church? It's like my mom's, can we talk? Where did that come from? My mom knew when she found, can we talk? She had found her rhythm. That, that <laughs> yeah. was the best. What, where did, did that come from for you? It's, I think it's just, it's funny in not pointing out the obvious. And that's yeah. what I love to do. If there's a woman, I'm posting the video, and she is half naked, twerking and going down and pushing her tits together and all this. It's funny for me to go. Where did she I go? I hope she got a good parking space wherever she is. Like, <laughs> <or> <laughs> I wonder does she have cushion in her shoes? And man, those is, that's a good set of knees she has. <laughs> for her to, to bend down like that, like. I know it's a lot of jealous women out there looking at her knees right now. <laughs> oh my God. Boy, I wish I had my knees still. Like <laughs> whoever her orthopedic surgeon was. Pointing out the the, the non-obvious. <sighs> talking which, about that. <laughs> which is absolutely right in my family's wheelhouse of humor. Um, and also, which I love also is your don't lie. Where do oh. you come up with the questions? <laughs> I don't know. I just be thinking about stuff, man. I just be like, just whatever like comes to my mind, you know. I just be like, man, and, and, and then I have to ask people, you know, what was what was one I asked? I said, um, I said, uh, have you ever brought condoms to church? Like, don't lie, like. <laughs> <laughs> but you seen how many men was on there? Like, yeah, a few times. <laughs> They know where the cream of the crop is. They're like, just in case. I got to be ready, Lord. <laughs> Sabrina, what, ready, about, Lord. what about what your pastor had to ask the oh. ladies? Okay, so. <laughs> to do. Okay, so a very prominent pastor in Los Angeles, um, I was told um, when he first divorced his wife, he had to tell the women, ladies, sisters, Please stop coming and sitting on the front row without paying his own. <laughs> he was like, cut it out. And I was like, the Lord gonna strike all y'all down over there. He was like, it won't be me first. It's gonna be these hellions on the front row. And I was like, that's just nasty. <laughs> By the way, one of the great when, oh, when, so, when Sabrina funny. came in on a Monday and shared that with us on the to the reply of how was your weekend? Well, you see. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. But I mean, if they could do just catch these scenes where folks be at church cussing folks out in the parking lot about parking spaces. I've been parking there for 20 years, bitch. By get way, your Bible and get on. By the way, the same thing happens on the high holy days at the temple. Oh, there is yeah. literally like people are like fighting for parking spots. <laughs> You're in my seat. This is my ticket. Cause you know, most of us only go to temple once a year and you have to buy tickets and yeah, that's wrong. Wow. And you're over there and move over. Oh, it's hilarious. Oh. And then so, like my mom and I would try and skip out before yeah. the, not the, the, for the, uh, before the sermon, because yeah. we always knew it was going to be forever. And it always comes after mm-hmm. like the plea for money. So we would try, we would sneak out one at a time. Like one would go out one way, one would go out the other. This is how, this is how you sneak out, Melissa. <laughs> 
I was just about to say, I was about to ask, did they, did, did they do the finger? <laughs> no, but the two of us would start sliding into opposite ends of the, of the road. <laughs> and it's not like my mother's not noticeable. <laughs> right, right, right. She would always make me go up the center aisle. Mm, she would yeah. take the side. <laughs> you know, what? we're sitting here and laughing. Yeah. And honestly. It is so fucking grim out there right now. Man. What is making you laugh? What are you watching? What is making you chuckle and laugh? Like I get into bed at night. I've watched, I watched Animal House. I've watched Father of the Bride. I've watched all my John Hughes movies again. Um, and then I've gotten into some really dark, weird shit like The Boys. And I can't wait to start Utopia. Um, <laughs> what, what are you watching that's making you laugh? Or what, and what, or what is making you laugh? I'm, I'm, man, this is gonna sound so crazy. Family Feud. <laughs> oh, oh my God. But wait, the Richard Dawson ones or the Steve Harvey yeah. ones? I don't even know. I haven't seen the Richard Dawson ones. I didn't know they were back on. So I just watched the Steve Harvey ones. Steve is off the chain. Because he'll say some stupid shit like, if that's up there, I'm gonna slap man. your mama. <laughs> what kills like me is when they say something stupid. <laughs> And he just walked to the other side before before he <laughs> before he pointed at the board. <laughs> he just, <laughs> now you know it ain't up there. Like yo, Family Feud, and the other laughing I do is at CNN or <laughs> Fox News. That's that's my other laughter that I get. I go, yeah. ah, these motherfuckers are crazy. <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> well, it's two different laughs. It's I'm two laughing. different. No, because I am convinced my secret crush, Don Levin, I am concerned he will just like one day, he's just going to go and just be gone. <laughs> it's like hey, one day, he's just his head, he's going to spontaneously combust out of rage. <laughs> He's just gonna be like, poof, and that's gonna be it. I love Don's pauses too. Like, like he'll say something and he'll just, yeah, <laughs> and just sit there and just be like, shake his head. <laughs> oh yeah, I oh love yeah, it, man. It, it, yeah, and uh, and that's, only that's, that's only that's, by the way, fine. only a black gay man can hold those kinds of pauses. That's my man too. Shout yeah. out to Don. Yo. Yeah, I love him. Um, you find humor in everything, just like we do. Mm -hmm. What has been the hardest part of all of between COVID and the and the protests and this insane world? I mean, even just the other night, white supremacists not being called out. What what is the hardest part of this for you? not being able to see people and talk to them directly in their faces, performing, because it's more therapeutic than performance to me. And it's like, it's, I, I've, anytime I think of something or I see something, I just want to go talk to people and just go talk to them and, 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 and talk about it. And it feels weird doing it online you know, and I've done it a few times, but I just, it's just not that same, you know, interaction or whatever. But that's the most difficult thing to me is that I cannot just jump up, go to a comedy club 
or have a show the next day or where I can talk to people and see people's faces and reactions. And me personally, that's what, that's what, that's how I, I just be like, oh God, yeah, I could, like after last night debate. Yep. That would have been a, I would, any other day I'd have been like, I'm, I gotta go to a club. I got to go, I gotta grab a microphone. I will go on Burger King and grab their microphone. You gotta like, go back. I need a microphone. And so for like that to happen last night and just being like, ah, I had to keep those thoughts and feelings to myself. And, and it's like, I keep bottling and bottling and bottling. And I'm just like, and it's making me more and more depressed that I got to keep bottling and, you know, something's got to give. That's why I said, I'm not going, I'm not going to turn away from doing a drive in or something like that. But like right now I just, I can't do it right now, but I guess sooner or later it's just gonna it's gonna keep making me just feel so bad <laughs> that I'm gonna have to do it, you know. So yeah, that that's that's the most that's the only thing that's really been like bothering me. Yeah, basically is that I think that's bothering everybody. Will you tell me before we let you go? Because mostly I'm trying to figure out how I can get a discount code for your merchandise. Uh <laughs> the Disco Sunday Fellowship. <laughs> I'll send you some stuff. You think I'd buy no, I will send both of y'all something. I got, what is send it? Send me some sizes and <laughs> anything. What? It's, explain it. Disco Sunday Fellowship is me spinning, spinning disco records from 11 o'clock a.m. Uh, L.A. time. And I go for two hours into one o'clock and I play all disco music, just good, good, feel good music, music that you can listen to, music where you go, what is this? And why haven't I never heard this? It's just a selection of just great music. You don't even have to even know the song, but you're gonna groove to it. And that's what a lot of people do. They come, they listen, they go, what is this? You're like, what's this? And I play some oldies that you, probably do remember as well, and I mix it all up. But my job is to basically play stuff that you never heard before that you would love. And it's a vibe like no other, man. And we rock all the time. Uh, I haven't DJed uh, in the past few weeks because I'm filming, but I'll be back in November. And in November, I would. It's on my Instagram, at uh, D-E-O-N-C-O-L-E, on my live every Sunday morning. And the vibe is incredible. And it's all disco. All disco. Disco and house music, a little bit of house, but all disco music. We talking, you know, uh, Donna Summers. We talking Earth, Wind & Fire, uh, uh, Brenda Russell, like uh, 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 Teddy P, Harold Melvin and Blue Notes. We like, we go and it's grown and it's sexy and kids listen to it too people always send me videos and dancing and grooving and uh, I, I repost them but yeah man uh, i got a lot of shirts t-shirts i got yep you got a whole page of merchandise I got a whole page at dion cole's store <laughs> dion cole's store.com you got a oh. new follower there she yeah. is hey. um, okay. what's your favorite disco song Ooh, I got so many and I keep and, and, and I research music all the time. I found the song last night that I am dying to play. Oh my God. But I got a lot of great men. I mean, like all of the artists that I just named yeah. are amazing. As well as other guys who make music who I'm who I love, like Louis Vega 
uh, Terry Hunter, like a lot of guys who make a lot of good music that that that's, that resembles that disco era. And so, uh, man, yeah, we just we just rock out. So, man, like like I said, like Brenda Russell, I love her. Oh yeah, like a lot 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 of great artists, man. Michael Jackson. You know Diana Ross. You know we can go on and on. You know Barry White. So it just it just goes on and on that I play and people just they just love it, man. People love it, man. And 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 I love the energy. They love the energy. But yeah, every Sunday, y'all starting back in November. Yes. we'll be and there. Like, we'll be there too. Dion, we'll be we there. love you and adore you. And love you are you are. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, thank you so much. And man. absolutely. So appreciative that you you took some time to talk about basically the state of comedy. Yo, there it is. And thanks for having me, man. And keep doing what you're doing because we need this dialogue. We need this conversation and we need to laugh. And that's what you brought to me today because I've been in a bubble down here, man. And uh, it's been so great to laugh with you guys, man. Thank you, thank you, Sabrina. Thank you, Melissa. Appreciate thank it. Absolutely. Thank yeah, you. Love, love, love. love.